Welcome to Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. It's like coffee with an analyst, or it could be whiskey with an analyst reading a spreadsheet, linking crime events, identifying a series, and getting the latest scoop on association news and training. So please don't beat that analyst and join us as we define the law enforcement analysis profession one episode at a time. Thank you for joining me. I hope many aspects of your life are progressing. My name is Jason Elder, and today... Today, I give my review of the 2023 IACA conference held in Grapevine, Texas. I decided this year that I would do a little bit different. Normally, I get audio clips asking folks what they think of the conference. And I know Manny San Pedro was doing this for the IACA. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes, so I decided to do this format where I would give my take of the conference as a whole. I'm going to go through some of my notes that I had throughout the week to talk about some of the things I like, some of the things I, I didn't like as much. And feel free to comment below wherever you find this podcast to let me know what you think if you were there what was your high points and low points or things that you would like to see improved so i'll start out with the first day monday with opening ceremonies and the police chief of dallas police department eddie garcia and he did a presentation had powerpoint slides went through his crime reduction strategy. And I thought the presentation was very well put together. I thought his energy was great. I thought the story that he was telling us was great. I think he had several little pieces of information, little sayings there that I really liked and jotted down. One of which is, he said, the police department is Tylenol. It's not the curing of the illness. And he also said over and over again, we need to be investing in people and places. I thought that was overall his message throughout the whole presentation. His reduction strategy involves more than just the physical, the rest, uh, the, the idea of police departments can't arrest their way out of problems. I thought from beginning to end, it was really good to hear. I think his plan is solid. I look forward to actually having follow-ups to see how successful he's going to be with his plan. I this first day with police chiefs talking in opening ceremonies, I, I often feel sometimes that the police chief comes there to the analyst conference. Maybe there's a sentence or two mixed in or a paragraph added that allows the police chief to talk about analysis, but the rest of the speech it doesn't really have anything to do with analysis. And I thought this actually fit into that same criticism that I had for a, for a lot of the presentation. He talked about criminologists and doing the, the research and coming helping him come up with the crime reduction strategy. 
to the point where I thought, well, does he think he's talking to a criminologist? He actually didn't even make mention of Alice until his last sentence of his presentation. So I would have liked to see him talk about the role of the analyst in his crime reduction strategy from planning to implementation to assessing. But I will also say this, that it was nice to hear from a police chief from the host city. I believe last year in Chicago, we, the the keynote speaker for the first day was, I think they were from California. I don't even think anybody from Chicago attended the IACA conference on the first day to give a keynote. So it was nice to hear somebody local take the time, talk to us. Overall, I thought it was a great presentation, uh, a great story that he told. Could have presented that anywhere. Wasn't necessarily tailored to analysts, though. Following up, the chief was Stephen McCrawl, the director of Texas Department of Public Safety. Now, he came in, no presentation, and he did feel like he was talking directly to analysts. And he made several references to analysts, the work that they do, the types of work that he's seen. It was a good mix after the presentation style that Chief Garcia just given us to then follow up with Stephen McCraw to talk directly to us and give his point of view on analysis. I thought it was a, a good combination there. And then later that day on Monday, we had crime analysis in the Ukraine, which the ICA invited analysts from Ukraine to talk specifically about them uh, doing their jobs in a war environment, what they were been asked to do since the war in Ukraine began. This was a fantastic part of the week to hear their story. It was nice to have a international analysis unit to come in and be showcased and just to be recognized, not only during this session, but they were recognized throughout the week. Unfortunately for me, I, I had to come in and out of their session because I was dealing with stuff back home with the hurricane that went through Tallahassee. So I can't give a full review of what they said during their presentation, but I do know that talking with other people that, that attended their session, really uplifting, emotional, and heavy. You were just really glad to see them and to see all the great work that they have done there. I think I would like to see maybe more showcases like that in the future. So give the international analyst unit a platform at the conference to talk about issues, what they're dealing with, and to bring a spotlight on all their achievements. Certainly, if they end up doing that next year, the Ukrainians are going to be a really tough act to follow. But it was very well done, and I'm glad to see that Ukrainians were able to 
come over here to the States and tell their story. Also on Monday was the award ceremony. And, you know, I'm always big on the award ceremony. I was a little concerned going in because it wasn't going to be part of the paid luncheon that they've had it in the past. They moved it to Monday. It was right after lunch. And I thought it was very well attended. To me, it's always a little exciting to see who wins what. Uh, Mike Winslow won the Brian Hill Memorial Award, which was fantastic being from Arizona and talking with him after he he's, you know, knowing he worked with Brian and he said, you know, this one feels different. And being the winner last year of the Brian Hill Award, I can vouch for that. It does feel different that uh, when you win that award and you knew Brian, it does feel different knowing that you are part of Brian's legacy. And as we uh, continue to celebrate him every year at the conference with this award. And Seth Potts won the IACA President's Award for his work with overseeing the IACA store. I also like to think that his work on small steps contributed to that award. So it was uh, good to see a LEA podcast member up on the stage. I, I think there was a record amount of submissions this year and there was even new awards. I thought it went, went very well. Um, I always say this about the awards. I wish people would get up and once they receive the award, say something, say thank you. I mean, I know part of it, what with especially with Mike, he was so shocked that he won that I'm sure he maybe wouldn't be able to gather the words, but it would have been nice to hear Mike's reaction. Same thing with all the winners that day. Put a little bit more personal spin on these awards. I think a lot of it is these awards they show them up on the screen they name the person they get a round of applause and then they go sit back down there's not that human element there there's not the the work that they put into it into the products there's not anything really why they submitted that particular product or what that product means to them so it, it's it's a little hard to fully encompass like what this award means to the the recipient without a little bit of that personal touch. I've talked with Danelle a couple of times and and even I've suggested in the past to let the winners know ahead of time so they know they're going to win and can be there and can say a couple of words. But there is that element of surprise too. So another thought is during submission of these products, you also submit a audio or video clip so not only are you submitting the bulletin for instance you are giving a 60 90 two minute audio clip or video clip presenting the bulletin and giving an opportunity to explain what's going on with the bulletin and same thing with all the products just something to make it a little bit more human, a little bit more personal, I think that would go a long way in appreciating the winners even more. 
I think they also need to display the winners. I know, I know Danelle was working on that, but that's definitely something that there should be several screens by registration out in the open where folks can see the winning submissions to have an opportunity to see what each winner did, the product that won, and a little bit more information about that. That should be on full display all week long. I think I do like the the award ceremony on Monday because it then gives the opportunity to display the winners throughout the week. But I got to find a way to display these products to the rest of the attendees so folks know who won and what they did. I only attended a certain amount of the sessions throughout the week, but my favorite session was Soaring Solo, Roles and Responsibilities of a Soul or Outnumbered Analyst by Aaron Rivera. It was interesting. It's from a point of view from somebody from a smaller agency who is the sole analyst that wears many hats that's asked to do so many different things. Aaron got up there and presented and you could tell that she was nervous, but her stories were very well done. The presentation flowed very well. And she took you through her journey and made sure that you understood all the different points that she was trying to make. Plus, I was super jealous, envious, and part of me hates her because she nailed every single joke that she made. And again, you could tell that she was nervous, but she over and over and over again nailed her jokes and really got the the crowd behind her and there was it was a fairly full room and lots of engagements lots of questions lots of comments made to her presentation throughout and that was the one as I was reviewing the ones that I attended that really stuck out cuz I thought it was so well done from beginning to end on the podcast, we often talk about obstacles, failures that happened in the past and how the analyst overcame the issue or the obstacle or the failure. And it's rare that I hear from analysts the, the failures that are currently going on in their lives. So for Mindy Yoon, who is the co-creator of LEA Podcast. Uh, she was dealing with a failure recently in terms of the certification exam for IACA. She had failed the first time, and that failure had left her with a sense of doubt, a sense that she didn't belong, a sense of imposter syndrome, and just overall ashamed that she failed at the conference this week they gave the exam on monday and so mindy took it again took the test and came out of the test thinking that she had failed again just didn't have that feeling that she nailed it and left a lot of doubt and then all these feelings 
crept in again of old she she failed again and that she doesn't belong and and just feeling of inadequacy and so certainly bummed the unknown of whether she passed or failed well i can tell you mindy you don't need a test or a piece of paper to let us know that you belong i do know that it was a feeling of relief for you when you found out that you had passed the certification exam and that all those feelings of doubt turned into excitement and triumph you had worked so hard to study and that the weight was lifted off your shoulders so i want to congratulate mindy on a job well done i along with several others are very excited to hear that you are one of the newest members of the certified analyst with the CLIA program. Also want to recognize Kate Beals, Natalie McKenzie, Colleen Machado, and Jennifer Loper. Congratulations to you all. So one of the things I think I'd like to see as an improvement for the conference is a fundamentals track every year during opening ceremonies they ask if you're a first timer please stand up and it seems that 60 percent of the attendees are first timers and first timers tend to be newer analysts so i think it's important to teach the fundamentals and to offer those knowledge skills and abilities to these attendees i'd like to see a whole track dedicated to those that are new or newer to the field and these are things like presenting which i know there were a couple of sessions this time on presenting and i did go to one of them it was very well done writing i think there was one on like writing a bulletin but presenting, speaking, writing, either doing PowerPoints and or graphic design and writing reports or doing bulletins. I think those are some very fundamental skills that I think go a long way. Another good session that I sat into was done by Mike Jackson and Krista Whitehead. They did a wonderful presentation named you got the job, now what? And again, that goes into uh, things you should be doing during your first year, your first couple of years on the job. I thought that would fit very well into a fundamental track. And I mentioned the solo analyst one. I think that would be a good one to go into this track along with there was a session on free software or software that you already have access to and how to leverage that i think some of these again you get so many departments one analyst departments smaller departments not having a lot of big budgets so i think free software so leveraging software that the analysts may already have will pay dividends in the end and give them something the second thing that i would like to see with the conference in the future is better Wi-Fi. But I don't know if the IACA has to spend 
extra to get better Wi-Fi, but it seemed like this particular year, that was one complaint that I did consistently hear is that the Wi-Fi was spotty in the sessions and even the cell coverage was spotty in some of the sessions as well. So as a presenter wanting to do either internet access, have folks download information or interact with their audience and have them scan a QR code to get onto the internet. It's a must to have that good Wi-Fi and I highly recommend, I, even if you have to charge uh, extra money per attendee next year, it's really worthwhile to make sure that we have good Wi-Fi. In terms of the nights out, there was a two nights out. I thought both of them were fantastic and well done. The first one was on Monday night at Austin Ranch, was which they took shuttles over there. And it wasn't very far, but they had barbecue for dinner. They had a band. They taught line dancing. There was a mechanical bull. There were baby pig races. There was indoor. There was outdoor. I thought it was very well done. With both sessions, there's those that are really want to be in the action and don't mind the loud noise. And then there's other people that don't like the loud noise, want to uh, be in a more quieter environment where they can talk to the person next to them. Austin Ranch had, was a big enough facility to where you had the indoor outdoor, you had different segments to allow people, whether they wanted the noise or didn't want the noise, to be able to go somewhere where they were comfortable. Um, I think I, I did hear some rumblings about the pig races and maybe being inhumane or or whatnot. I mean, they I, they were pretty strict about the pig races. Is that they raced once every thirty minutes. And I think they were also only racing about like a 40 foot horseshoe. They were in cages up to that point. I did, I heard a little bit of grumblings about, about it and that people didn't necessarily like that. But there were also people there that were petting the pigs, that were holding the pigs, that were really excited to see the pigs. It was a unique opportunity to see something that you don't normally see. I think most people that observed it had a lot of fun. They had cheerleaders for each pig and a lot of screaming and yelling and and cheering on the particular pigs. I, I certainly enjoyed it. They didn't do my idea. I was wanting each pig to have like a punny name and to have a law enforcement analysis pun but they just had a number there. I thought it was cute. It was in a sex section that if you didn't want to be part of it, you didn't have to be, right? If it wasn't for everybody, you didn't have to see it. So another thing, there was a large beer pong set up inside. And I just thought that that didn't necessarily fit with everything else. It seemed kind of out of place, it seemed like something that maybe should have been outside. And um, if nothing got broke, I would be amazed because I saw that ball bouncing around inside all over the place. But that was one thing that that while people 
a lot of games set up and a lot of people were playing it most of the time. It was something that I thought was a little out of place. I thought it should be outside. The mechanical bull was a hit to see people try their best on the mechanical bull and the and the man running the mechanical bull, I thought did a really good job of allowing people to go through it once and then giving tips and tricks on how to do better the second time around. And so it was very interesting to see different people take on the mechanical bull. And it was a, it was a, a good time. Although somebody said that one of the instructors the next day had to, had to sit down why they presented because their legs hurt so bad, because that was one of the tips that the operator said to do was to kind of really pin your knees at the neck of the mechanical bull to get more control. And the instructor said that their legs were sore from doing that, even though you're only on it for less than a minute. Again, I thought the Austin Ranch was a good start. It was really fun, a good social event to begin the week. So Tuesday and Thursday, you had off, which was good. You could do whatever you want. Wednesday was another social event, which was the Glass Cactus, which was just kind of the next parking lot over from the hotel. They did run shuttles back and forth there, but but you could easily walk to that event. Great views of the the lake there. We had great weather. Again, it was big enough that you had different compartments. So there was karaoke going on inside but there was an outdoor area that was a little more quiet that you could talk to folks they did the flip cup tournament which i heard a lot of people talking some shit and and whatnot so that was exciting and the winners got big old buttons to go with their lanyards so that seemed like a lot of fun i heard a lot of good things about that but again it was the the balance that I thought the the place was big enough that you could find a comfortable spot, whether you wanted to keep it quiet and talk with people, whether you wanted to dance, whether you wanted to do karaoke, whether you wanted to just do the people watching. And there was a little something for everyone. Recommendation that I would have is to extend karaoke. They were they could stop the karaoke right there at 10 o'clock. And I thought we definitely could have gone an hour and two more. So that might be something to extend that a little bit longer because there were several songs still on the queue before they shut things down. And I know that's a fan favorite at the IACA is that karaoke night. Overall, the location being in Grapevine, the hotel I thought was fantastic for the conference. It was at the Gaylord Texan Resort in Grapevine. Never heard of Grapevine before this week. And it is north and in between both Dallas and Fort Worth. And it is a wonderful resort. Pull up and I was in awe because I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea that I was pulling up to this resort and i was very impressed it got me thinking i like the conferences that are outside of the city that are outside of downtown because you had to plan to get off site you had to either take an uber or take some kind of service to get off site there was a lot of folks just you saw hanging out there was restaurants on site that 
people were staying at. So I met a lot of people just by roaming through the facility and met people either at the lounge bar or just sitting there in the courtyard at the sports bar. There was a Tex-Mex placement folks there. There was Italian placement folks there. And so with it being off-site or not downtown, it definitely was easier for me to identify who was part of our conference. And there I could identify people to then go talk to. I think when it's downtown, it was downtown in Chicago. There were so many people around that our hotel, the conference, it was difficult to identify who was part of our conference and who wasn't part of our conference. I do remember there was a lounge there. I did see some people, but you know, being in downtown Chicago, once you step outside, you're with Gen Pop. And it's just people can go out and go anywhere in any direction there. I didn't see as many people out and about. I didn't have an opportunity to meet and network with folks as many as much in Chicago last year as I did here in Grapevine this year. So while it might be an unpopular opinion, I think some people are going to might, might complain that, you know, they wanted to be downtown. They wanted to go see the sites of Dallas or Fort Worth. I do like the, this location being not downtown, being in an area where it was just the IACA there. I know we did spend a couple of days with the Olive Garden folks and they kind of took over for a couple of days in the beginning, but it was still a couple, couple of conferences here, here and there, but it was still easy to identify who were the IACA folks and who were not. And I think I, I know I met more people this week than I probably have in a long time at these conferences. So next year is in Vegas again because of the way 2020 worked out with COVID having to cancel hotel set up a two for one with the IACA. Even though the IACA was there the year before last, the IACA is there again next year. It's going to be in September. It's actually in the next casino over from where the conference was two years ago. Given that what I just said about downtown conferences and given that it's in Vegas again, I'm not really excited about next year at the moment. This is the first time that I can remember where the the following year IACA conference doesn't have me excited. Usually the location of next year's site gets me excited. Like even if I've either I've never been there before and want to explore it, or I've been there and I, I want to go see different aspects, explore more of that particular city. And so with Vegas, I kind of got that. Uh, oh, it's Vegas. And, but I, I am confident that, uh, Brittany Winslow, the conference committee, the marketing committee, in a year's time, they will change my feelings and I will be excited about Vegas come next year. So that is my review of the IACA conference 2023 in Grapevine, Texas. Again, if you were there, 
please feel free to comment below. Uh, let us know. You can always email us at leapodcasts at gmail.com and give us your take. So for now, I guess I've given you just enough to talk bad about me later. <laughs> Thank you all. Y'all be safe. Take care. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. You can show your support by sharing this and other episodes found on our website at www.leapodcasts.com. If you have a topic you would like us to cover or have a suggestion for our next guest, please send us an email at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, analysts, keep talking.